Hey, listeners, Nadege August here. I have a quick request before we dive into this following conversation. See, a study recently revealed that male podcasters do their ask at the top of their show, while women, the female podcasters, wait until the end and almost apologize for asking for support. Well, I am ripping a page from the boys' club and am taking notes. I now am going to do my ask at the top of the show. And the ask is simple. Hit that subscribe button right now. Give me a rating, a five-star rating preferably, and share. Share the podcast on social media. Tell your friends about it. You can email, message. There are so many easy ways through iTunes or any other form of platform that you use to listen to the podcast. I am an independently produced podcast. I am a one-person show. Except I pay an editor because I'm just not technical uh, to add music and to clean up any background noises that may prove to be distracting. I am also leaning towards becoming a listener-supported podcast. And as such, there is a link that will allow you to support me, support the podcast financially, monetarily, for as little as 99 cents a month. I also would love to hear from you. Please email me at whatthefockery at gmail.com. want to hear your insights, thoughts, comments, any ideas you may have about topics you'd like me to explore, anyone you'd like to me to have on, or if you'd like to come on, let me know. With every contribution, I will give you a shout out on air at the beginning of whatever episode you happen to contribute for and, and read your name, always with your permission, of course. And now, on with the show. Thank you, thank you, thank you. What the fuckery is hypnotherapy? Well, we're about to find out. I'm Nadege August, your host. If this is your first time, welcome. And here's what you can expect. What the Fockery is a podcast about the things we hear about but don't know enough about. A series of conversations dedicated to hearing firsthand from the very people whose lifestyle, concepts, or truth we struggle with understanding. The very things we should know about but are afraid to discuss. Our subjects and topics may or may not be mainstreamed, but our experts and guests sometimes are in it, living their truth whether we accept them or not. And in that vein today, we are talking to Sherry Bly. Now, Sherry hails from Tring, England. That's a small town north of London. She's been a hypnotherapist, a Reiki master, I should say she is a hypnotherapist. She's been in the U.S. for over 19 years or nearly 20 years um, and practices something called access bars. But today our focus will be on hypnotherapy because it is a lovely 
and interesting topic. Some ask her if she will make them cluck like a chicken. And she does, only if you want her to. She's that nice. Sherry, <laughs> welcome. Hi. It's important to say that she has offices both in Los Angeles and Vegas. And thanks to technology, she can see anyone anywhere and has clients and from home as well, from lovely England. Yes. Nice, great, cold. All over the U.S., all, all over the world. All over the world. <laughs> so how, okay, is there a difference between hypnosis, hypnosis, and hypnotherapy? Hypnosis is a tool used, and what you do as a therapist is called hypnotherapy. Right, yes. What is that? So hypnotherapy is using hypnosis in a therapeutic setting. Um, I'm sure most people listening have seen stage hypnosis where people get on stage and do funny things and everybody laughs and they have a good time um, and that is one way that you can use hypnosis but when you're doing it in a therapeutic se setting um, it's to help you to reach your goals or to change your habits and behaviors so it's not for comedy value. Now we've seen the clucking of the chicken mm -hmm. and the clock and all of that. Do you actually take like a grandfather's clock or an old pocket watch and swing it side to side and have people stare at it? No, I don't. Um, that is called an eye fascination. So it's oh. just one way of inducing hypnosis. In so people. it is a real legitimate way. It, it but we is don't a use way, it. but it's kind of an old fashioned way. And it's done so, for theatrical purposes yeah, these days. Much. What are some other ways that it's used theatrically? Mm. Um, with the hypnosis? Yeah. Or do people, are people still fascinated by going under? I think they are. Way? I mean, it's an interesting kind of concept and it's an interesting state. And most people don't realize that they go into hypnosis several times every day because they don't realize that the state they're in is the same state as what we call hypnosis. So for instance, when you're driving, I know a lot of people driving around LA, um, there's a lot of traffic and you know, you kind of sitting in your car, thinking about other things. Um, but somehow make it home or make it to your yeah, destination. Yeah, and you don't remember sometimes. I like, always wow. think of that as muscle memory as opposed mm -hmm. to... It's the subconscious mind, yeah. Oh. Because when you first start to, start to learn to drive, you have to think about, oh, I have to put my foot on the gas now I have to break I have to think about looking at my mirrors and then after a while through repetition the muscle memory through the subconscious mind you just know how to drive and you don't have to think about it anymore interesting and that's pretty much how most things in our life work as well when we first start doing something we have to think about it consciously but once it gets um, ingrained. ingrained and the neural pathways are made in the subconscious mind we don't have to consciously think about it anymore so what are some things that hypnosis can help heal or fix or adjust? Mm -hmm. Pretty much anything. So clients come to see me, um, a lot of people for stress relief, especially in LA because, you know, it can be kind of stressful living here, um, for stopping smoking, for losing weight, for gaining more confidence, for stage fright, um, for being able to make more money for abundance, getting a better job. It's all kind of working with your beliefs and 
what you believe about yourself, being able to change those so that you are able to change your life. So you have to dig deep and find out why or what the beliefs are or not? Do you need to know what the beliefs are? Necessarily just have to know what belief you want to have instead, because we don't need to focus on what we don't want. So by changing the thoughts that we have around a subject, so like say you would like to make more money, you have thoughts about what you're worth and how you're able to make money. And because you keep thinking those thoughts, they form the belief. So then that becomes the belief you have around yourself. So to be able to change a belief, and which is how you change your life, you change the thoughts that you have. So what we do with the hypnosis is we identify the thoughts that you would like to have, the belief that you want to have about yourself. And we go in and start to change those neural pathways in the mind. Um, Every time you think about something, you're strengthening the neural pathway. As soon as you stop thinking about that, those neural pathways start to weaken and eventually they just drop away. So what we're doing is creating the new neural pathways with the new thoughts to create the new belief, which then creates how your life is. Okay. Smoking cessation Mm -hmm. is an interesting one Mm -hmm. because I'd say, is it a belief that makes me smoke? Is it a belief that is responsible for liking? Yeah. There's a difference, Mm -hmm. isn't there, between Mm -hmm. a habit and a belief? A belief is a habit of thought Mm -hmm. and a habit, you know, smoking is a habit of a physical habit. Right. Most of the time. So by changing the physical response... So it's an association. A lot of times people smoke in certain situations. Um, it makes situations. them feel good. It relaxes. It does. They eat. think it relaxes them because mm. they're breathing deeply. That's what actually relaxes somebody, the deep breathing. And the actual nicotine in the cigarettes is, has the adverse effect. But just because they're breathing deeply, it's um, letting the automatic system come down. Oh, so that's why they used to recommend it as a mm-hmm. tool back in the 50s, right? Or is that even sooner? Right. The doctors would prescribe cigarettes. Yeah. <laughs> I love wine. Mm-hmm. Can hypnosis make me not like it? If you want to not like wine, yes. <laughs> oh, really? You have <laughs> to want to. So you, someone who has you, a drinking so, problem, yeah. can they get help? Yes. Through it? Okay. It, but do they it's have... It's part of the team. So... Um, in a situation like that, we would work with um, the doctor or if they're in a program, work with those people. So they're not just relying on the hypnosis, but as a um, adjunct therapy, it's really, really good for things like that. The person has to really want to stop, though, because you can't make somebody do something that they don't want to do. So, so how is it that people end up clucking like chickens then? Well, they have uh, somewhere in them that they want to do that. <laughs> Got it. Got it. So the the hypnotist is able to see people who are very hypnotizable because some people are more hypnotizable than other people. Everyone can be hypnotized though. Mm. And so they pick out the people who they know are going to be good hypnotic subjects to make a good show. The people who put their hand up to volunteer, they already know that they want to go on stage. They know that something that is going to happen. So, so there's they a have part an of expectation. Them. So they are open and to open becoming chickens. To becoming chickens. <laughs> yes. Okay. But a, a, a someone with a drinking issue yeah. or that struggles and with smoking. And smoking. So or, if I'm going to take on a client, a stop smoking client, I will talk to them beforehand and make sure that they are 100%, 110% into stopping smoking for themselves. Otherwise, what happens? Because 
otherwise it's not going to be as successful in therapy for them because they don't want to stop for whatever reason. I can't make them stop. Mm. So if somebody is 100% on board and they want to change their behavior, they want to change a habit, then hypnosis and hypnotherapy works really, really well. It's so interesting. I don't know why, as you're talking, I I think of sexual dysfunctions. Mm-hmm. Yep. Men with, what is it called, mm-hmm. erectile dick? ED. Yeah. ED. Can, is that? Absolutely. So that's a belief as well? Well, it's something within the subconscious mind which is holding you back. Um, but it works for men and women in that arena. Women suffer with ED too. Well, not with ED, but <laughs> vaginismus. There's a name for it. Yeah. So what happens? They, they're not into it? It's or? not that they're not into it. It's that the body bodily response is not. So it has nothing to do with hormones be. shifting or aging. Because, you know, supposedly as men age, this is part of the decline. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's <laughs> the, the belief they have. And so that's why it manifests. Ooh, interesting. But everything starts within the mind. So... By changing how you have the response in your mind, you can change the how you have the response in the body. And this is how it works with pain relief too. Sometimes um, people can't take um, the... Well, back pain, I know. I actually know an older gentleman mm-hmm. uh, who goes to a hypnotherapist for his back pain. Mm-hmm. So it's a belief? Well, it's created in the mind. It's created in the mind and then it moves into the body. So whatever the mind can't handle, it pushes into the body. So it's some kind of something in the mind which is manifesting in the body. Oh. But because we pain isn't a, a real thing, it's you know we make it in our mind. So we're able to change that, mm. going in and just changing it, like turning the dial down on pain. So people who um, are addicted to uh, painkillers for instance is that yet something hypnosis can help with Mm -hmm. so it's about what numbing the pain centers or or giving it a different uh redirect turning them off or turning them down so the pain is um, made or not made but it manifests in the mind so it's being able to go into say a control room within the mind and just turning that dial down turning the pain dial down or um numbing it so you can use hypnosis instead of anesthesia in patients who are very hypnotizable because they are able to go into the mind and numb a whole part of their body okay so right now i focused a lot on fixing quote-unquote mm-hmm. things um how does one up-level their lives or certain skills through hypnosis? Mm-hmm. So say you are uh, wanting to run a marathon and you think it's a com- you'd like to, I don't know, uh, be the first part of the first, what, first tenth people to cross the line. Is that something hypnosis can help people do too? Absolutely. Um, there's a whole area called sports hypnosis. Is there? And... A lot of sports teams and sports people use hypnosis or maybe they call it peak performance training. Oh, I've heard that It's term. mental rehearsal. That's what it is. And that's a state of hypnosis as well. Um, Tiger Woods, very famous 
person, sports person who used hypnosis to help him to win the golf championships. And we know that how? It's He put it out there. Oh, wow. Yeah. I wonder if there was a surge in demands for hypnosis and hypnotherapists. And hypnosis Have you with noticed? Golf? Yeah, or with, with anything mm-hmm. sports related. I mean, mm-hmm. when famous people do something or infamous people do use a tool, everyone just sort of flocks to it. Have you noticed in your own practice that there are periods of surges based on what people say or a fad? Or have you, has anything like that clicked ever? Sometimes, um, especially when movies come out. So I'm thinking about Get Out even though that was negative and people were like asking questions about that. Does that, can that really happen? Is it a thing? And of course, no, it's not. It's a movie. So they have artistic license, but it helped people become more interested in hypnosis. Oh, that's right. The teacup. Mm -hmm. Uh Uh-huh. Well, can you use a teacup to hypnotize me? This is a legitimate question. She's laughing at me. No, seriously, I'm asking. Because you offered me tea. I should be careful. <laughs> Listeners, she offered me tea. She said no. <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> um, so you could watch the tea and, you know, it would help you to get into the state, but I wouldn't be able to control your mind. Ah, but you'd you be able to plant control. ideas. Only if you allow it. Allow it, and if it's something that you would accept. Oh, wow. Yeah. My mind is a little blown right now because I'm thinking of the myriads of things I can probably try to do. I'm going to have to have you on call. Yeah, please do. <laughs> I'm available for you. <laughs> so what, what happens after a session? Like a pe- it, these, new, mm-hmm. these new beliefs get implanted and ingrained, and then you walk away and you're fine? Or do you have homework? I like to call it home play, but I do give my clients a recording of their sessions so that they can reinforce it. And it really depends on what they came in for. So some uh, issues are resolved in one session. Other issues take a few sessions just to be able to build a new kind of subconscious programming for you of how you want to be. Um, It depends how long you've had the issue for. So Something like weight loss will take a little bit longer than something like smoking cessation too. Smoking cessation is usually a one session thing and people are done. Really? Weight loss. Why is it because they really, really, really want to quit? Yeah, and it's something that's easier to change in the subconscious mind. Hmm. Weight loss tends to be more of an emotional kind of um, issue. So then we just have to deal with a lot of different parts to kind of help people to, to build that new self image. Out of curiosity, what are some reasons or beliefs that people have with around weight? What are what are some things? Because mm-hmm. I mean, inversely, I'm guessing if someone does not eat the anorexic, it's the same issue, except it's mm-hmm. flipped, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But what are some reasons? What are people numbing? Or is it about numbing something? It can be. And it can be a lot of times from childhood. So it's kind of either a self-worth or a self-love, self-esteem kind of issue a lot of times. Mm. And people, so they we get our subconscious programming from our childhood. Right. So a lot of times if we're growing up with parents or with people who aren't showing us love in a certain way that we need to receive it, then we can turn to food because that is our comfort. So then it can be how people deal with their emotions 
by eating instead of by being able to express them. For someone who does the opposite, stars themselves, mm-hmm. is it because they were criticized for their weight as children? Or it, it can does, be. It can yeah. be. Can it also be about self-love, mm-hmm. self-worth? Yeah. What about Absolutely. cutting the self-harm? That's What are these connected to? Yeah, I feel like that's also an expression of if people aren't able to express their emotions in a healthy way, then, you know, they find a coping mechanism, something which enables them to be able to, to express that or to feel something. So it's about feeling. So they're numb and so they're harming themselves so they can feel something. Is that some people? Yeah. And other people, if they feel too much, so they do cut themselves to feel something in the body so that they don't have to feel the emotions. Oh, you know what? That makes a lot of sense, actually, because sometimes emotions, we tend to shy away from our emotions. Emotions are, they can be, they can do quite a number. Mm-hmm. And I'm, it makes sense. So maybe if I focus on this pain on my arm or wherever, then it takes away from that feeling inside. Mm-hmm. Fascinating. Mm-hmm. Do you have any fun stories that you can share? Um, I have a fun story with one client who wanted to move to a different town and create a new job for themselves. We went into hypnosis and I do something called guided imagery as well, which is um, kind of like a guided meditation, but you experience a different place and a different kind of state of being within the mind. And they created this whole scenario of them moving to this new town, getting this new job, feeling really amazing about everything that was happening. After the session, a couple of months went by and then it totally manifested in their life. Almost as clearly as they were guided to. Yeah. So this is a great kind of way of showing that what we believe in our minds is what we manifest in our lives. Fascinating. Mm -hmm. So you do other sort of uh, modalities. Can we talk about Mm -hmm. them briefly? Yeah. The Reiki. So you're a Reiki master. What is this Reiki thing? Reiki is energy. So everything in the world is energy. And when we use Reiki, it's so I'm channeling the universal life force energy into my client. So it's not my energy. It's coming from the universe. And it's a very healing, loving energy. Um, It's intelligent, so it knows where to go. And it can be used to heal the mind, the body, the soul, the spirit. Whatever is needed in the client, the energy knows where to go. And so I I do hands-on and I do distance Reiki. So I um, work with my client and they have an intention for what they want to get from the session. But the energy will go to wherever it's needed on that day. So it's not directed per se, it's just there and... It can be directed, um, but if it needs to go to a different place, then it will do. Hmm. And access bars, Mm -hmm. what is that? So it's a modality through access consciousness called the bars. And it's 32 points on the head, which when they're lightly touched... They allow all the thoughts, feelings, emotions around certain subjects to be released. So each bar is for a different 
kind of subjects. Each bar being each one of those 32 points mm -hmm. on your okay. yes. skull? On your head, yes. Yeah. Um, so there's like money, control, creativity, um, hopes, dreams, all these different kind of areas where we have a lot of thoughts and emotions and feelings about these things and not necessarily things that we want to be able to keep on to, right? It can come from other people or they can come from uh, different situations. So when we're touching the points, we're allowing those the electricity from the mind to be released. And so you can kind of start with a clean slate. I don't know if you're aware of this, but how is that different from craniosacral massage? Have you heard of I that? have heard of it. I have not experienced it myself before, but I think it's kind of a similar thing. Idea, and maybe it focuses on physical things. Slightly stuff. different in the way that it's done. Hmm. All right. Well, if there's a craniosacral <laughs> practitioner out here, contact me. I'd love to have you on because, well, I'm nosy that way. I'm curious. <laughs> oh, well. How can someone get a hold of you, Sherry? Well, they can go to my website, cherrybly.com. Okay, I'll have that I on have the show notes. I have my contact information on there. Um, they can set up a free consultation call with me. I like to talk to everybody before I work with them. Oh, really? So, so that we can no one discuss. can just show up at your door? No. <laughs> <laughs> I need help. I need help. Please call me first. Yeah. Um, so just so that we can discuss what they would like to receive from their session and make sure that we can set everything up perfectly for them. And yeah, I have How did you social find medias to Facebook will, and Instagram and all that. I will list Get everything stuff. so we can find you. How did you, okay, so we can find you, but how did all of this work find you? Mm -hmm. That's fascinating. Mm -hmm. So you move here from England, right? Yes. And to come do what? I moved to New York for music. Oh, cool. Um, as a musician, yeah, yeah. singer. Um, and I met my ex-husband in New York. And so we got married and I've been here ever since. Was he a musician too? No, but he is an artist. Uh -huh. He's a digital artist. Okay. Yeah. And then moved all over the US and ended up staying in LA for 13 years, um, which is where I discovered all these wonderful modalities I was at an event and I met my Reiki master and her story really inspired me to want to use that energy myself I'd always been attracted to energy and I knew that everything is energy and we create everything so it was something that really spoke to me and so I went to see her and have a session and then I started to do the training with her uh, and then hypnotherapy I use myself I was really interested in past life regression mm -hmm. which is where we use hypnosis to go back to a life we may have lived in previously and I went to the school HMI which is in Tarzana and did one of the free sessions with them and it was just amazing and then I started to look into hypnosis and how hypnotherapy can you be used in different areas of your life and I just knew that it was something that I needed to to learn how to do to be able to work with people on and a different level. How long does it take to study and to become a hypnotherapist? The training at HMI is free year, so it's very intense. Six months of that is clinical practice, so we get to work with clients in the real world. And 
be able to um, talk with the teachers and really kind of go very in depth into all aspects. So what attracted you when you had that free session? Is it because you wanted a past life regression and you were able to experience it right then and there and made you go, holy moly, I need to do this? Yeah, it was just very interesting experience being in that different state and being able to direct my thoughts and my feelings and kind of get answers for things that I was wondering about. And you got answers that were satisfactory? I did, yes. Wow. So you were a man, a Viking. Um, Very close, actually. <laughs> no way. See? I was I a man. I had psychic abilities. <laughs> you were a man. I was in... Um, you were male. I was male. And I was in the um, realm of King George. It was a very interesting experience. Huh. Yeah. So you never left England? Apparently not. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're, well, you left in this lifetime, didn't you? In this lifetime, Do you yes. go back? To England, yes. Yeah, yeah. All my family are there, so oh, I go back. Oh, yeah. nice. Do they ever come to visit? Sometimes, mm. yes. Is LA too overwhelming? Um, they like it. They like coming to, to the beach here. Oh, right. Yeah. yeah, the sun. Yeah. We get that every day. Oh, mm-hmm. my gosh. <sighs> Lucky. I know. I know. We can look at it that way. I see it as frustrating sometimes. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you, listeners. Please, if you'd like to meet the lovely Sherry, you can go on her website. But also, if you go on What the Fockery's Insta page, there should be a picture of her eventually. She will send one. And I, what I do is I post the episode with the number and the picture of the guest next to it. So people feel like they have a face that goes with the name and she is gorge. So you will enjoy seeing her picture. And um, subscribe, rate, review the whole bit, go on the Patreon page and see what fun stuff I've got cooking and going for you. And I love you. And I want to say au revoir. And thank you, Sherry. Thank you so much for having me on. It's been a great conversation. How do you say bye in in England? Toodles? Toodle pip. (laughs) Toodle pip. (laughs) 